You are listening to the Ornation Podcast, the show about Orna, Orns, and 194% Ornate Swan Songs. I am Omnis, and I'm here with Slash. What's going on, man? Halcyon Traveler and salutations. How are you doing, Omnis? So you know when I when I when I got that ornate swan sound, I was like, wait, how many episodes was it ago that Slash was talking about this? And I'm like, oh, it's literally the episode I'm still editing. And then I, I got to the part. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you said that I get pizza when I get an ornate swan song, or was it that I had to get a 200 percent to get pizza? Oh my goodness, are you serious right now? <laughs> you said that in, it's in the show. I left it's, it in for real. I you're like I guess I'm just gonna have to order you pizza or something. <laughs> I was it that or was it the person that got the swan song has to get the pizza? I'm good. You know what? Like, what toppings do you want, my friend? Congratulations. <laughs> like <laughs> also, uh, fuck you. <laughs> so okay, serious question. I'm still keep in mind relative. I'm still relatively new. Is this thing actually fucking good for anything? With the world of celestials? I have no idea. So there's no, there is no celestial instrument, right? Two-handed. That is the only, right. There's no celestial two-handed instrument. That is the only two-handed instrument uh, that I know of. Um, God, I'm still mad at you. I'm so mad. I can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to test it out because this is kind of the, feels like the perfect event. I will have it. It will be, um, tier 10, probably right about the time that this podcast gets done recording. And wow. so I will, uh, master forge it and demon forge it and play around with it. Cause it feels like in this event, right. One thing I noticed is as I was working on my Beohydrus like sweep with Zweifencer build, I was like, there's not really an optimal two hander for me to use if I'm trying to use a non celestial for access to like, say, Ash and Rubies, mm-hmm. right. Cause I don't, I don't crit with sweep. And so I want to keep my my HP and stuff topped off. And what I elected to do was actually to um, use my uh, one-handed like PvP axe and like give it dragon typing because it's got uh-huh. four Selene hands and a little bit of ward. Mm-hmm. And then put something in my offhand that will give me Ash and Ruby procs. And that's worked pretty well. Um, but I'm, I guess I'll at least try out the Swang Song. And I guess. See how it goes. <laughs> Congratulations, dude. <laughs> I, I laughed so uh. hard when I saw it, man. I was like, this is this is going to be good. Oh, um, man. What what toppings do you want on your pizza? I'm I'm a meat lovers man or uh um so that's usually pretty safe with me. Pepperoni, spicy Italian sausage or uh um I'm also down with green peppers on my pizza. Jalapenos, anchovies and chocolate <laughs> sauce. Got it. Ah, yes. Perfect. Um, it'd be almost funny because it, it it takes five different item ty- like five different materials to do it. So it'd be funny if we came up with toppings that were like represented the fire stone, the earth stone, the lightning stone, the dark stone, and the water stone. And like, what would that be on a pizza? But uh, that might be too complicated. Oh, it's a harp, so you'd need to have a Guinness to wash that down. <laughs> I'm way, I am not a dark beer guy. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you a dark beer savant? Slash, I uh, I wear these plastic glasses and I've got this big old beard, so I'm an IPA guy. <laughs> I am I'm also an IPA guy. God bless. Before it was but, cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I'll <laughs> tell the story at some point of how I how I learned about IPAs. But um, we got a lot to talk about in this episode, so we'll let's, we'll get to that later. Let's get in the news. Yeah, let's get in the news. So we have this new shrine. I think it's Asherah. Yeah. Or Ashera? have you tried this thing out yet? No, but I have, you know, I, I was doing some farming today with a, uh, with a very dear friend and I reminded her, I'm like, Hey, there's this new shrine. Like we're doing, we're doing dragon farming. You should use this. And then I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I try, I've used it once so far um, okay. because I, it was one of those nights where I got home. I had my tower or I had my monument and then I had um like a 54 tower and like a 45 floor tower and then like a 35 floor tower something like that and so Mm -hmm. i tried it out and it it seemed seemed good seemed worth it and feels like i get enough of those um embers lost embers is that's what it's called lost ember ha got it right oh i sound so professional um uh i and so that seemed that seemed good i i want to try it while fishing um oh i noticed it it seems like 
the the ratio of how quick you could get coral uh for like trading in for materials might be kind of decent i don't really like finishing but uh i i want to give it a try to kind of see how that goes that's a really good idea i don't think i think i could have lived 100 years and i never would have come up with that idea (laughs) but i think it is a good one yeah Uh, i mean i read the description and it said that it helped fishing and so you know me the brilliant tactician i was like hey Let's try this while fishing. Well, Hooked on Phonics has let me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it seems cool. I'm, and I I mean, just this is a props to um, uh, Northman Forge. But um, I think this kind of stuff, like, I don't know who specifically comes up with these kind of ideas. I don't know enough about how they function, whether this is Odie or it's just the team. But this kind of stuff is the little extras that I think really makes the game click for me. That it's like... How can I how can I optimize this? This is what gets my brain working. Is how it kind of that little... way for you? Oh yeah, you know me. Uh, uh oh yeah, you know me. Let uh <laughs> a lot of just how can I get a little more juice out of this? Um let me let me read the shrine out. Um because I don't know that I've done that before, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh since there's fish in here. Uh Shrine of Ashera. Uh, with this blessing, quests and memory hunts will yield extra rewards. Fishing will be more successful. Towers of Olympia will yield additional tower shards. And god-forging items will be slightly more likely. Um, and then it costs 30 lost embers. That's not too bad. That doesn't sound too bad at all, Omnis. Yeah, and like getting 30 lost embers. I'm not even like prioritizing doing this sort of content. And... I, I mean, I already have like a few hundred and it's, it's, so it seems perfectly worthwhile. I want to, I want to test it out some more. I, I would love to hit a memory hunt where I want to like dive in and see if I can get a legendary or innate pop one of these, you know, switch mm-hmm. to Oracle, right? Like have double bonus memory hunt, trialing acts, like go to town, kind of see how much I get Yeah, on that sort of thing for an hour would be sweet. I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. that coming up some point this month. Yeah, this thing absolutely looks like, you know, more of what you want. Like, whatever you want, here you go, have some more. Well, Slash, let's get to um, the comments from the last episode. What do you have for us first? I've got a couple. I don't know I don't know if this fellow's name is Vestland or Westland, uh, but he says, Media Club Plus. Uh, this would be the, the question, uh, what do you listen to while, while playing Orna? Uh, he says, um, Media Club Plus. Dungeons or Daddies or some other nerdy podcasts. Uh, this one has now made it into the rotation as well. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, really appreciate it. Always happy to get some feedback from a listener. And like I said, some uh, some recommendations for some new podcasts. I'm always amazed at how many different nerdy podcasts there are out there. And even though I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I've recorded a lot of podcasts, I always try to get into the uh, the true crime stuff because I love true crime documentaries and I love podcasts, mm-hmm. but I never seem to find a true crime podcast that I don't <laughs> find obnoxious. <laughs> is it um, do, is it because they push the like the drama or the mystery or what? I I don't know. I just don't find them interesting, and then maybe <laughs> it's just I have to listen to one longer. Um, but like it, it's just funny podcasts. that I love you ever watch the show oh god I'm forgetting the name of it the Netflix show uh Mind Hunters Mind Hunter No I've never seen that one is it any good Dude it's so good I will uh, I'll add that to my list I do watch yeah. I have been known to watch uh like while ha- while I have some Netflix on I've been known to do some towers That's yeah. uh towers during a movie is a good uh it's a good combo Yeah the funny thing about Mind Hunter is uh one of the main actors is also the guy who is the king in Hamilton. <laughs> um, so it's really funny seeing him in Hamilton, you know, singing and being the king. And in this, he, like, he's he's one of the FBI guys that kind of started the 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 profiling and interviewing of serial killers. It's super interesting. But huh. let's move oh. on to the next comment. Clint Clintedon, I'm going to assume his name is Clintedon, says, besides Ornation either music or more podcasts work and worship from cult of the lamb makes a pleasant, non-distracting background track. So um, I'm glad we get people get to listen to us while they, while they play Orna. Um, always excited to hear that. Um, but thank you, Clintodon, 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 
Music's a good show too. I um I have a good T Swift uh playlist for going through dungeons. Uh, I'm an antihero in that in that time. Uh, Regret01 writes, there's a podcast on Spotify called Watch Out for Fireballs with Retro Games, and I listen to them about games that seem interesting, or just music. That one, there's something about a name of a podcast called Watch Out for Fireballs. I might have to try that one out. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty interesting. That one in Dungeons or Daddies. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, that podcast could be about a lot of different things. Y- you know... It could. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to the icebreaker. This one, this one is Orner related, and this one is because I have a specific emotions when I end a dungeon and see certain rewards. So I wanted to ask you, Slash, what is your favorite end of dungeon reward, excluding like the super rare stuff, like old Nothrin crown and you know band of gods you know the 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 obvious stuff everybody's happy when you see something like that but just the stuff that you kind of see somewhat regularly Mm -hmm. what gets you excited and is there something that makes you go god damn it not this again (laughs) okay so there was like a minute there uh like a couple of months where i was playing a grand summoner build that actually used uh nolan's staff Oh, interesting. Um, so I have, I still have my Godforge's Nolan staff, and I look at it sometimes and go, oh, yes, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what is it even? I don't even know what it does. I ne- I've never really played a magic user. It's like the Riffro gear. It gives you a chance to, uh, like, a bonus chance to hit, right? Oh, L- reduce nice. chance to miss. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Okay, so mine is, I just love seeing the hammers, like Galar's hammer, oh, or yeah. hammer. Mm. Every time I see one, I'm happy. I know I can buy the Galar's hammers, but the more I get them, the more I just like feel like I have a good excuse to just upgrade random gear mm-hmm. to test out for builds. And like, I, I love when I can pop multiple Murkheim hammers. Like when I got the, 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 the Fey Arisen Crow song, dude, I had that thing God forged in like, under 48 hours or something it was nuts might have been might have been a little over two days but it was pretty close i was i love doing that kind of stuff and i love testing out new gear do you do you have something that pisses you off or like you're annoyed when you see it it's the, it's the salad hood i don't know why so, sorry <laughs> sala's hood you don't like salad hood ah uh, it's the salad hood it it gets me it's every time it's like ugh, oh good another one for me it's the dudley's hammer because every time i see it i have a split fucking second where i think it's a galar's hammer or a murkheim hammer Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i got a hammer and i'm like fuck her dudley it's mithril Um, (laughs) you got one mithril (laughs) i would love it if there was ever a point where that hammer could be like traded it like 10 of them could be traded in for a galar's hammer or something shiny um, nickel. just like yeah it's just oh every time i see it it just gets me for just a split second i have this moment of excitement and then i like you motherfucker you're just trolling me um but um listeners this this icebreaker is going to be our uh, spotify question of the week so if you want to share uh, a favorite favorite drop that you just like seeing or if you collect a particular end of dungeon reward or if you're after the you know 200 percent ornate carl's ring or you know whatever it is that you're whatever you're after i'm i'm curious i like to see what people kind of just get attached to for for one reason or another salad hood i'm gonna always think of it as salad hood now um all right, Slash, what are, what are your current goals? What are you working on in Orna? Like, what's what's going on for the veto man? El Presidente, because you have veto powers. <laughs> I uh, So, man, the dragons are here, and uh, they're here to stay for a little bit. Last time they were here for, like, what, three days? Today they're here for two weeks, right? They're, yep, they're mid-month activity. Weekies. It's beautiful. Um, slash Veto loves dragons. It's a true thing. Uh goblins dragons mimics are some of my favorite DD monsters so if the dragons are out i'm going to be fighting them um i'm i'm grinding at those uh those those dragon dungeons i'm getting some anguish points um i found i found some people to do uh to do group dungeons with and what about you my friend what are you uh what are you working on besides putting me to shame with your dang swan song 
It's funny you mention that oh, because dear. it literally just finished upgrading, so I'm demon forging it as we speak. All right, guys, if you're uh, if you're listening to this, then you have the lucky thing that I don't have of not having to wait for him to finish a dungeon to see how OP it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'll test it out. Um, you the way we were at with the last episode, I had hit another ascension level with adamantine. And between that episode and this one, I got fired up, wanted to get through it. And actually found a way to get adamantine relatively fast. Oh. Then finished the level and then was rewarded with 5,000 more adamantine. So that's three adamantine levels in a row. God damn it. Hat trick. Um, But what I ended up doing, which worked pretty well, because I could never find a quest for the adamantine a night. I've been keeping an eye open for you too. I've been searching. I've been checking like every in and it just hasn't come up. Um. What I did was, is just on my bus rides, I would party with a tier five character because mm-hmm. Adamantine Knight is tier five. Mm-hmm. And because the Adamantine Knights always spawn two more when you become a party fight. Ah. So every single one you find can is be three. 15 Adamantine. Ooh. Because they, if you have your luck up, there's four items plus the one Adamantine or whatever. That's um, a really so good 15 per spot um i will say to kind of make this work it's really awkward and i don't like doing it but you have to really have the view distance up on both characters mm-hmm. because you the alt has to kind of see it first mm-hmm. and then a few seconds later then the main will see it and then you have to be able to click on it with your main enter the fight then have the alt jump in because i don't want the alt to go in first because then the alt has to attack before the main can attack um and you have to do all of this before you get out of range yeah or whatever that alt's view distance is mm-hmm. and it kind of resets and then you can't you can't click on it so it's like it's awkward kind of every step of the way and it really requires paying attention and really being able to be accurate with where you touch the screen that's a good show i was able to get probably more than uh, a thousand adamantine per hour um on a bus ride that's not bad so a couple i have some i have some good tips for for world farming like that with uh with yourself um this one doesn't apply specifically to adamantine but i think it it deserves a little a little tip in here the uh if you have if your alt is a summoner then when your when your main joins if the alt starts it if the summoner starts it when you're when the second one joins there'll be a fourth uh monster really that's right uh because it's because of the pet that doesn't help you with your tier five but if you're uh if you're stuck on something tier seven and up the other thing is if you touch and hold on a monster you don't have to click the battle button on the next screen. It just brings you straight into the fight. Yeah, that doesn't work for this case because if you click on another monster, you don't, you can't waste the time going into that fight and finishing it. You got to yeah, sure don't don't miss, right don't don't don't, yeah. don't miss. But touch if you touch and hold the uh, the right monster on the first one that you want to go in, the second one you just touch, and then as soon as you see it change over to join, you can click, and it's much faster. And Unless you screw up and don't click the right thing. But get good, scrub. Yeah, it's so frustrating when like five adamantine knights pop up on the screen, but they're all like buried under another monster. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. I have like three seconds to click all these. Yeah, it's it's definitely frustrating. I like to think of it as the uh, the monster that you clicked on blocked for the monster that you, had, you wanted to kill. <laughs> it was it's like, ah, trash fight. It's a trash fight. <laughs> Oh, I like it. That's yeah. I, I, it's a good way of thinking about it, but also fuck that monster. I got shit yeah. to do. Yeah, fuck him up. Um, Verse four to the yeah. face. So I'm still not happy about what it takes to farm adamantine, but this at least made it reasonable. And I don't know if it wasn't for this, the pace that I was getting the fucking anguish proofs and like the exchange rate of anguish proofs for uh, adamantine. Mm-hmm. this would have taken forever yeah for sure um and i still haven't seen adamantine in my uh in my uh, tower shop which was good at least i have a bunch of tower shards so i finally i finally got a second loot so that's my ninth celestial weapon Congrats on another and fruit. uh and the loot is equipped with the plus pet stats and so i finally have been experimenting with origa a little bit nice 
Nice. Um, I, you know, I don't use the pet stats loot for Arija. Um, I have a, uh, I have a, the caroling loot that I use. I find that good enough. I like the, um, I do like for, for Beowulf celestial uh, weapon. I like the, uh, I like the axe with all that ward. Yeah, I felt like because I wasn't sure how I was going to respond to it, and I have three celestial axes already, I felt like it was safer to make a second loot because yeah. if I then didn't end up liking Origa at all, I would have a second loot to play around with Hydra's builds and then maybe have like a Selene hand loot or something like that to try yeah. out some stuff. Um, instead of just the Prometheus hand one. Where'd you fall on Regia? Um, I I find rating on it fine. I am not really a big fan of doing dungeons on Ariga yet, and maybe that's I I need to kind of figure out the build a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, world farming's fine. I tried a little bit of like anguish dungeons with mm-hmm. it, but I found it like waiting for your pet to kill stuff. It, it this may not matter to most people, but I can tell how slow it is. Mm-hmm. because when I'm because when I bus home I know like how much time it usually takes me to do a dungeon and so that I can catch another dungeon before the bus passes it and I just was doing significantly less dungeons yeah. um with like needing the pet action to kill something as opposed to like kill it move on the you know it just adds up because you got 20 it's what like 25 fights right mm-hmm. 25 fights and so a lot of the time if I can do a dungeon in roughly a minute, no, I absolutely understand. That's a hundred percent why I eventually did end up part of changing out of Grand Summoner. Uh, for a long time, I maintained uh, Ascension levels in both Grand Summoner and Beowulf. I kept getting turned away from Grand Summoner just because those summons take so long to do their job. Um, and so, like the yeah the the rewards that I was able to get in dungeons, being able to do horde dungeons with full farm gear you know, both hands, no shields, um, and horde, like it was, it was nice, but once it got down to the old spreadsheet, it didn't pan out just because it took too long to clear. Yeah. And maybe that for different people, you're right. If you're in an area where it's more about maximizing, you have a certain amount of dungeons that you can do every three hours or whatever, Right. then it's probably different, right? Then you, you want to be able to do them safely or do them with more farm gear or, or whatever. But uh, at least for me, I'm blessed with uh, a really convenient path to and from work. So uh, for me, it's a little bit more about speed. Like so many people talk about how they like buff up before a dungeon and then switch pets and gear. And I'm like, you have time for that? Well, for the record, as Beowulf Age, I think so for single for single dungeons, I don't think that Beowulf Aregia is that remarkable. But I think that their ability to do hordes is where they really shine. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's something I want to experiment, but I'm I'm happy that I kind of have a build put together because I had done a whole ton of Faye Jorm mm-hmm. and I seemed to get everything except a Faye Surter's Curious when I was a Gilga. Um, I had a Faye Gerd's chest guard, mm-hmm. which Thane tells me is pretty good for uh, for Riga. So I had one that's like 90, 191% or something. So I finally, um, when I first started talking to you about doing Bayo Hydras, I powered it up to level 10 just in case it was good. But then it didn't seem like it mattered for Hydras in the end. Um, so I had it at 10. And now that I was playing around with Ariga, I demon forged it. And then uh, today, as part of the dragon event, I got it god forged. And so I'm tweaking a couple more things. And then I'm going to try to like round out the build um, so that I have kind of a full thing set up for Ariga. So that'll be yeah. that'll be fun to experiment. But I'm still I'm still Hydras. I'm still Bayo Mesh. Show me uh, uh, at heart. Show me what you got after this. Let's do. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see that swan song in action, and I want to see. Uh, I want to see what you got. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll try to. I'll try to put it together. Um, one last shout out. I don't know if you've been in this spot. I mean, for me as a relatively new player at this point, nine months. Yeah, just over. Just over nine months. Now I'm the king of my kingdom, and obviously the Pacific Northwest community has helped me a lot. I learned playing Gilgamesh, and all of a sudden. In my Discord, which was existed before me, obviously, uh, Naru, 
I'm going to just give him a shout out. I don't know if he'll listen yet. I don't think he realizes I have a podcast. But all of a sudden, this guy, Naru, is just like, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to the game. It's been two years. Obviously, this was his kingdom beforehand. And was just kind of like, this is kind of intimidating. There's a lot of new stuff. And I don't, I, I just don't know. And so, but then the, like the next day, I hadn't had a chance to reply yet. I noticed that he's he's hopped into the kingdom. And so, uh, and I look and he's like a 228 Gilgamesh. And I'm like, perfect. I literally just went through this. I can give him all sorts of advice. And it felt really good to just be able to like, here's all the new stuff, right? You know, um, build your monument, start throwing some extra shit at it, right? Like the Balin's lefts, the gizmos, you know, some of your, your higher uh, quality um, exotics, start throwing that stuff at it. Get Build your anguish. Don't worry about it too much right now. Set it one. Let's just leave it there for now. Now, towers, this is important, right? Get your celestial axe, get chain shield. And I like just typed out this whole thing and he just seems super appreciative. Um, but I just felt good being able to kind of give back to the community in the way that, you know, um, like you and Callus and Wyvern Hand and Fane and everybody has just helped me a ton. It just felt good to give back. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If we're, if we're doing shout outs to the people that have helped, I mean, shoot. Yeah. The, everybody in the discord has been so great. Um, Fane has helped me a lot personally. Um, uh, Lineth Valkyrie, uh, is also, if I don't know, it may be a swash thing, but he wrote like the, the Bible on uh, swashbuckling back in the day. Um, and so he's been, uh, he did a lot of help for me too. I noticed that swash has its own class channel. Yeah. And I think that's kind of awesome. Like uh, there's all the normal classes and then there's like swash. Well, cause swash is, cause uh, man, there were even before the hybrid amities, there were, uh, there were heretic swash builds. Um, swash is kind of everywhere, but if you're, if you're doing swash, you're kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I think it was hitting me because as a, as a, uh, Beohydris primarily player, mm-hmm. like whenever I look at the, the Bessla Beowulf chat, it's all Ariga stuff, basically all the time. And so I don't really feel welcome there. Not that they're making me feel unwelcome, but I don't, I don't feel like it's my people. Does that make sense? Yeah. You feel like, be like a swash Bayo, like trying to like talk Bayo stuff, right? You know, you're like, I kind of am more of just a swash than I am Bayo. And so like, I'm real more Hydrus than I am Bayo. I, uh, I absolutely understand that. Uh, I mean, a lot of, a lot of Hydrus even trade away their, uh, their pets act to, uh, or pet stats just to, just to get a little more juice. I think I will just say that my, um, my next goal is obviously worm hunt event, um, I am low on pure Draconite and I really want to farm some more J- uh, jewels of creation. And so that's going to be my big focus. And I haven't done a whole lot of, uh, uh, group, uh, I don't want to say like horde dungeon. That's what I mm-hmm. mean. I, I haven't done a lot of horde dungeons as Bayo because I've been a really kind of concerned about the lack of steadfast and I get really annoyed when I get like blighted or frozen and like suddenly I'm missing actions and like, uh, it just bugs me. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, so I'm trying to learn that now and actively working on my, um, working on my kind of horde strategy. And that's, that's been kind of a fun, um, fun thing to dig into. And maybe next episode we'll actually do maybe a deep dive on like horde dungeon strategies and such. Yeah. Um, that could be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm working on and trying to get better at. I feel like I'm I I get solo boss, solo boss hard, solo boss anguish. Like I I feel like I have my kind of strategies down for those. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of ready to tackle the group stuff. And it's been really interesting. I've had some weird shit. Like I just god forged my axe of chimera because I tried it out as my offhand weapon with a celestial for for horde dungeon, and it's not bad. It's not, not bad. I. I may actually do that a little bit more. That's good. Um, so our topic for this episode, probably not a like super crazy one, but Slash and I just kind of wanted to chat Orna stuff. And something that we haven't really gotten into is spell slots, skill slots. How many you have? How do you decide what goes into them? Like what, it, you know, because there is a lot of depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So Slash, I just kind of want to start it off like, what do you think about this Orna mechanic, right? This is actually kind of a defining feature of Orna that we may even overlook, right? Like it makes the PvP AI system function. If you literally had access to every spell, it would it would to- it, it it would kind of defeat the whole design right. of Orna. And I thought this was really, really elegant was some of my initial thoughts. I'm like, as I started kind of getting, I'm like, oh, you have limited slots. You don't have access to every single skill all the time. I'm like, okay, I dig this. Um, well, what about you? Like, do you like this mechanic? Do you want to have access to more stuff? Do you like the restriction? What do you What do you feel about it? It's the number of spell slots that a given class gets is kind of a like it's kind of a weird it's a kind of a weird mechanic. It felt really really natural leveling up, right? Like the if I was playing a rogue, I had a, a given number of spell slots. If I was playing a mage, I had more. If I was playing a warrior, I had fewer. I don't know though. I'm just at the at the at the top at the top end. It just feels awkward um, because there's some there's some classes that have I feel like they've got like more spell slots than God and uh, I don't know how many spell slots God's got but uh, and then there's some that just like 13. It, if they, thirteen yeah that that's yeah. <laughs> it's, well you hear I you asked Kazakh Sewell Kazakh Sewell said thirteen if you get that reference you're my friend. That was for the listeners. Was that Warhammer? You're still my friend. Okay, good. No, I'm going to be over here playing this one song. EverQuest. It's an EverQuest reference. Holy egg rolly. Okay, yeah, that is one from the vaults. Um, but no, so, and I feel like, I feel like there's also classes that just like, if they could have a couple more spell slots, they would be a lot happier. Um, and it's just kind of, it seems a little, it seems a little arbitrary. As like going warrior the whole time as I leveled, um, it felt interesting, right? It felt like it challenged me a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting all the buffs in. Um, it did often feel like there was definitely points around tier eight, tier nine, where it was like, I am allowed two attacks mm-hmm. <laughs> because I literally need every single other slot for a buff or like wisps heal. Like it was, I have guarding strikes or something or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. warriors dance or I have one attack and I have like Osmo strike and, you know, you know, maybe I could like keep like a, an, uh, you know, an Omni, um, uh, Omni strike or something, Omnistrike. you know, in there, but that was often hard, <laughs> uh, to make that, to make that all work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I was playing around with an alt, and I was switching between Atlas Vanguard and Leviathan. And I was like, I don't I don't know. What the, I'm not going to look up the number. But it felt like Leviathan had a gajillion more slots. Yeah. And it, the world is my oyster. I have everything that I want. Yeah. the Those deity classes, those god classes, they get lots and lots of slots. Yeah. I... I was kind of blown away by, and I was like, is this truly a balancing factor? Um, Cause deep down I wanted to do it as Atlas Vanguard. Cause the character had uh, a 5% HP recovery Amity. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted the higher hit points for doing raids and like getting cool gear. Um, and so I wanted the bonus HP of the Atlas Vanguard, but I had a hard time getting all of my resists up. Um, without the bonus slots from, yeah. you know, and on top of it, you know, I needed elemental resistances for um, Arthas. And it's like, well, with, Leviath- with Leviathan, I just ignore one, right? I'm immune to one of those four. <laughs> and so I only need to buff three. And then like going to Atlas Vanguard, I'm like, now I have to buff all four and I have no, sl- and I have no, uh, uh, and I don't have an immunity. It was just like, uh, it was interesting. So I, I think it's a really cool system and I would never want to get rid of it. Um, I could see them looking at exactly how many slots each class gets. Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, why does, why does Grand Summoner get so few? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Like Deity gets like a million million and Grand Summoner gets very, very few for what they need. I mean, isn't Grand Summoner just like easy mode? I mean, yeah, that's what that's what the discords tell me. I've never played it. That's what they that's that's you know, that's what the people who don't play Grand Summoner to say. I will say as I was leveling, I felt like everyone in their fucking mother was a Grand Summoner. I just as I was leveling, it just seemed like every time I was like, who am I seeing? That's my tier. It just seemed like 
whenever I was looking at people who were my tier, it was like Grand Summoner, and then like maybe they were pet class, and like very rarely did I feel like I saw anything else. Yeah, Grand Summoners are really popular leveling up. Um, I th- I suspect it's because you get the you know that that free tier seven class, and you know they say the first the first hit's always free. Oh, when you get I I don't think I've actually done the quest. <laughs> maybe I have. But you you just get it. You don't have to like buy that class with orns. Yeah, it costs. So the tier seven one is free. It doesn't cost any orns. You have to complete a uh, a quest for a guy. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's that would help a lot, right? Because you'd probably be at it. It's kind of hard to afford if you're not being power leveled by another player. Having enough orns when you hit tier seven to actually buy it is not always a thing that's possible. Exactly. So just having a free one, right? Like you're going to start playing that one. Yep. And then, at least you can be at your tier. Yeah. The sort of the, the trade away though, is that all of the higher tier ones do cost more than their, uh, than their contemporaries. Right. So the tier, yeah. the tier seven's free, but the tier eight summoner is more expensive than the tier eight, say pet class or warrior. Let's talk a little from like early tiers, like how when you're making an alt or when you were playing, how did you decide what makes the cut? Like what what gets these these few slots? That's a that's a good question. So it's obviously it's different. Uh, if you're low tier, it's going to be different whether you're planning on playing by yourself or if you're planning on playing uh, with a with a friend. I think the like the main things that I would go for uh, when I was playing by myself was I would go for uh, uh, CC things like uh, stun dart, crowd control type stuff, stun dart, uh, freeze, things like that. Uh, freeze. Oh, freeze is an, is an exception because it's not available until much higher level, but uh, sleep dart, stun dart. Uh, I'd use one or two damage spells. I want one that is my element I'm I'm Fire Nation, so I want a fire spell because it does more damage, and more damage is more better. And then I'd I'd usually take something off for just in case, like if I fight something immune to fire, like I want a water spell. Um, Ward, I found honest. This may be a hot take, but I found that Ward didn't really do much for me until I was like tier six or seven. I agree with that. I think. You know, the only time it really matters is like maybe at five, you just when you start shooting people with arrows, right? Just having a little oh, yeah. bit of ward. But I don't think it's something you even care about gear wise. I guess well, let me back that up slightly. I would say it's probably if you're you if you got good arrows and you're using them a lot and you've got some gear that you're going to use for a little while, uh, I think putting ward adornments might be more beneficial than anything else. Maybe, but, but you're not going to spend a spell slot on it, right? Like you're not going to cast Ward yeah. of uh, Steel or something, right? The only time and like that I kind of use it now, like say like tier seven or lower, is that um, in like Kingdom Wars, uh, I when I have an alt that's a pet class, um, I will probably have Ward of Mithril in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I'm expecting the pet to kill them. And yeah. I just really do not want to die yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, it makes you a better tank. Outside of that, um, or if I'm power leveling an alt, I might have them cast a ward. That's a good shot. Um, in a dungeon, because I just want to keep them alive. But yeah, past that, no. No, I don't think the ward stuff is really worthwhile in the lower levels. Yeah, if you're expecting your character to do the damage, I wouldn't cast. I wouldn't bother with ward spells when you're, when you're low tier. Once you get to mid to higher tier, yeah, like, it gets pretty good. Um, and yeah, good shout with like if you're doing if you're doing group content, right? Like if if you're with somebody else who's killing the monsters, throw some ward on yourself. It's free health. Uh, it can keep you alive. Yeah, it can totally make the difference. Yeah, for me, I I felt like I didn't pay attention to spell slots that much until you hit the point where you hit tier five and you have the extra orns mm-hmm. to pick up druid. Oh, the druid. that's. That's the point where suddenly shit gets organized and you're really concerned about your accessories and you're like, can I kill an Anku so that I can get, uh, you know, an Anku's ring? And, um, and yeah, that's when it really starts all coming together and you're like, okay, now I have, and usually at that point, I'm also like going back and going like, Hey, did I grab the class that gives me barrier two? Like, do I have that? <laughs> no. Okay. Let me, let me Where's grab the paladin. That. Where's the paladin? 
yeah uh make sure you have that and then that's where you start kind of like lining stuff up and it's like you know okay golem's fortitude barrier two it's you know mm-hmm. mimics or bears might or um Jin's talent um and then your uh war cry or wyvern speed two that kind of stuff and you kind of like start rounding out all of the things like here's my array of buffs and i want all of that stuff in and then it's how many slots do i have left to do anything else with that's usually my my approach. Yeah, you just you start with the the super necessary stuff and then kind of kind of build on from there. You know, this is is a hot take of mine. Um, I've been I've been trying to compel more and more people, but I think there's there's sort of two camps. One camp likes to use uh, either Bear's Might or uh, or Jen's Talent. I I'm in the other camp though. I like uh, I like Mimic's Mischief, uh, even. Even on like a pure caster or pure melee, I uh, I prefer mimics over over bear's might or uh, Jin's talent. As a developing Gilga, it was easier because um, even at tier six, right? I think I was about tier six when I was able to like have the spare orns, or maybe like late tier five, something like that, mm-hmm. um, where I was able to get druid, and then when I hit tier six that's when the Ankus appear in the wild, right? Mm-hmm. And so you will see Ankus and yeah. I could beat them. And I, as a fresh tier six, there were certainly times where I did like half the damage and then died and then tried again in five minutes. Yep. Right. But yep. then I get an Ankus ring and then the Ankus ring protects you from cursed. And so now you're like, okay, I get poisoned, but I don't have the defense down all the time. Yeah. Right. And so as a Gilga, I used that for quite a while. Um, there were points where I switched off, like as I finally got the items to protect me from defense and resistance down, there were certainly times where I didn't want to deal with cursed and I would, I would use bear's might. And there's times like right now um, on my, uh, my girlfriend's character where the first thing that she'll do in PVP is Jin's talent uh, because, you know, getting cursed in, you know, a kingdom war can be, uh, can be bad. It's a curse. But, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think they all have their uses and it's okay to monitor for them, but yeah, I would say probably a majority of the time mimics is the right way to go. I mean, if, if you're going to use a panacea to remove the defense and resistance debuffs from, uh, from bear smite, then you may as well just use mimics and hope you can save a panacea. So on the topic of conserving the spell slots, right? Sometimes if you're a a lower tier character and you're like trying to do a particular raid, this is where I struggled the most Mm -hmm. was, okay, I'm trying to do like Arthas and I have all of these different buffs. Like I need the, I need the resistance buffs up because I, I just can't have any of these nuke my health. So you start looking for ways where you can trim something out, right? And maybe I cut Warcry and I just plan to use an attack tonic, Mm -hmm. right? That can be a where, you know, you can kind of trim out a spot. Maybe you use a pet, right? Like you use, um, uh, what's the white wolf? Is it dire wolf? The one that can give bloodlust? Uh, I think that one does give bloodlust. I think Fenrir does it too. But yeah, around tier seven, you can get a pet that can bloodlust you and that can save you. That can not only save you the slot for your double attack up, but it also might mean that you don't have to wear defense down protection. And so it might open up an accessory slot for you. Yeah, the tier seven dire wolf is right. 10% chance to cast Direwolf. I've been watching some Game of Thrones, so I wasn't sure if Direwolf was uh, in my head for a different reason. You know nothing, Jon Snow. (laughs) I was just going to say those exact words. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally renaming my Direwolf ghost, though. 100%. That's happening. it's, It's the right color for it. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so yeah, I think you can get creative sometimes with where you, where you cut those slots out. Um, do you have any tips for people who are feeling tight on slots that, uh, that might, might be something that they haven't thought of? You, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the pets. Um, the golems are pretty good at casting those, uh, those resistance spells that you were liking, uh, like the tier seven or a calcum golem is actually is a pretty solid pet um if you're not a pet class <laughs> uh he yeah. does he does a bunch of uh stuff that will recover ward he'll apply ward turns to you um and he will do those elemental wall spells to give you the resistances um which is not a bad not a bad place to get it for like you were mentioning those longer raids 
Yeah, I think in those situations, I was trying to stick with the Warhorse. Oh, yeah, for the defense double down? Yeah, um, and so I really wanted to stick with that, and so I was trying to figure out how to do it with all the, the other gear. Um, how could I solve those situations? Um, yeah, the the tonics, you mentioned the tonics. Those are a good shout. Those are the consumable items that give you the permanent buffs. There's uh, they're, They exist for attack and magic as uh, single buffs and as double buffs. You can get attack double up. Um, but for defenses, for some reason, def and res are just the single ups from tonics. When when I was first noticing that griffins were giving me speed tonics, I was like, hey, 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 where's the stupid, like, hope I can swap this for something. And now, as I'm doing anguish stuff, I'm like, God bless speed tonic. This is a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're doing that instead of, uh, oh, because it's, it's guaranteed instead of uh, uh, worm song for. Uh, it also lets me keep the four buffs static across the top of my. Um, oh, that's fair. So that uh, looks right. Right, and so it never shifts around, and I can be really fast, and I always know where the buttons are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, sometimes I still have to switch off to Panacea, but at least then I'm just—it's just messing with one slot. It doesn't reposition all of my spells, but uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice. So let's talk about it from a high level perspective. I I the first time I remember seeing it, I remember there was like a. I think it was one of the things that Shabazz said in a video where it was like realm shifters don't have very many slots, but I don't feel like it stops me from doing any content. How do you, how do you feel about um, your, your overall spell slot situation as a tier 10 tier 11? I felt like, I felt like realm shifter. I was making some minor sacrifices, but I think those are really just for, like for those situations where I was trying to juice as much damage as I possibly could out of one attack, which is not a very realistic, right? Like you're not normally trying to sit there with every buff on you, uh, trying to get the the largest single hit. And so like outside of that, it wasn't such a big deal, man. I, I will tell you this though. When I was, when I was raiding as a grand summoner, I was, I felt like there was always room for more, more buffs. If I had more spell slots, I would have used them. Yeah, it was a obviously it was a big shift, right? When as I was a tier eight, tier nine, it was maximize those slots, right? Like mm-hmm. always fit in the key thing that you're going to need. Sometimes it's like, oh, I really want to have access to Wisp's heal to cure blind. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 was always figuring out and maximizing that stuff. And then you hit a point where like suddenly I just don't care about casting Golem's Fortitude or Barrier Two anymore, right? And you're just like, these things kind of cease to matter. And then suddenly, like all of the everything starts getting um, everything starts getting easier. And then I would actually say, especially after having like a risen pumpkinless um, and stuff that who cast confuse all the time mm-hmm. where uh, I would actively trim down. And as Beowulf Hydras, a lot of my stuff I trim out spells where I'm just like, you know what? I'm noticing that I have too many things in here for spells that are uh, this really weird off case situation that doesn't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. Let me trim it down. So I have less stuff that I'm trying to remember where I, where I grab Viper seal, you know, just trim out the excess spells because it helps you when you get confused, right? Even in towers, the, uh, the witches can confuse you. And if you just have less really weird random buffs that can potentially get cast, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big boon. So those witches, if you're if you're a class that redlines, man, those witches are terrifying. Like if they if they lay a confuse on you, like you never know what's gonna happen. It could be double edge, it could be panacea. Both those things are bad. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I don't know if that's obvious, but Oh my god, I hadn't even considered how scary that would be. Yeah, it's it's scarifying. And then of course they got that, uh, that gargoyle there to, to petrify you. It's, it's not good news. Like it did. Don't let them have turns. Witches don't get turns. Witches get stitches. <laughs> Witches get stitches. So obviously, so there's no item that protects you from confuse, right? I haven't actually looked it up. I can't remember. I think there's a, there's an event item that does that, uh, that does prevent, uh, confused. The, there are pets that can purge it. Cleanse will remove it. Yeah. Um, after, after the fact, obviously, but yeah, it's the, the cursed gear from the, the Fomorian event will do it. 
And then other than that, oh, it gives you. The, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then the um, the the weapon Aglavale uh, has mm. an immunity to cursed or confused, not cursed. I'm sorry. If you ever get like an an ornate one, is a uh, there's a grand summoner at least a like an off meta grand summoner build that uses it um, because it gives arcane double up. I think I think it gives you a, a bonus to your arcane damage, and you can pass it over to your pets. So I want to talk a little bit about PVP and spell slots. This is probably where it gets the most interesting because obviously there's times where you go into like a territory fight with somebody Mm -hmm. and you're like, wait, what, why does this person always seem to cast stuff in the right order? Mm -hmm. And I obviously it could, it just doesn't seem like it's common knowledge that the order that you put things in impacts the PVP AI. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard that that the the first item in your spell slot your spell list will uh, is more likely to be cast first. Well, also if you put more spaces between stuff, it also affects things. So if like you want to cast Ward of Ortonite and you put a bunch of like empty spaces, right? Then it will increase the odds. I I don't know understand exactly how it works, but I, I've seen it in action and it definitely does work where you can manipulate that a bit and be like, hey, like, if I want to have other, like, so say in my PvP build, I have Spike Shield 3 up at the top because I just want to kill someone. But okay. I need a few buffs in there, right? I need to occasionally cast Gunner, um, occasionally buff up my attack for um, when I, you know, try to get that deity and then their pet gives them Divine Bastion right away. And now they, I have to go through their ward and they're getting Divine uh, or de- Deific Channel. And I got to buff up my attack a little bit if I'm going to actually like, win this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still want those spells in there, but I put them all the way at the bottom with a huge gap between the one-shot stuff. And so in wars and stuff, it's really likely that I one shot and it just uses spike shield three or uses spike shield one. And then all of my, my buffs are kind of at the bottom and you can kind of play around with that and, and test that AI and like get a you know, grab a buddy or whatever and see how your AI works against them. And, and, and kind of test that stuff out. It's, it's kind of interesting. That is really interesting. Um, I don't think I knew that about the, uh, the gaps. Um, did you know about the, the inclination for PVP? What do you mean? If you go in game, if you go to your character's spell list, this won't work if you go into like arena and then hit the button in the bottom right. But if you go into your spell list on the PVP tab underneath all of your spells, uh, there's an option for inclination and you can choose for default, which is like a balanced method for your pet, for your AI to pick skills. You can use defender, which will favor ward based skills. Uh, there's Paladin for using buffs and then Saboteur for uh, negative effects. Yeah, I actually ended up finding that for my um, for my PvP build, I needed to select Saboteur because, uh, well, at least when I was first testing it, and I think I was using still using a, uh, um, a Risen Shield, um, I found under Normal or Paladin, I was defending too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually using the defend button. And I'm like, I want to use spike shield. And I actually found switching to saboteur made it. So I used my attacks more often because your, uh, your attack has, uh, has a debuff that's associated with its element, right? Nope. You don't, don't put, don't put elements on it in PVP. Bad call. I think. Well, if it's melee. a physical attack, it's, it's, I mean the element of physical, which sounds weird to say, but the element of yeah. physical is still tied to stunning. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and I'm certainly not a PvP specialist by any means, but I'm I'm trying not to suck at it. No, nah, no, nah, you live near me. Go ahead and suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think spell slots are interesting, and I I'm trying to be better about clearing out extra stuff that I really don't need. Mm-hmm. And just again, I I think for the higher tier players, you really do get faster at towers and dungeons and such. Like when you need to go to your spell list. Um, Another thing that I did, this is something I did when I was Gilga. There was a point where I went through and I kind of um, 
uh, made all of my lists as similar as possible. Standardized. Right? Uh-huh. Vine Bastion was in the same spot. Ward mm-hmm. of Ortonite was in the same spot. Like my main attack is in the same spot. Osmo Strike is in the same spot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of so I can have a little bit more muscle memory as where things are. And then there's kind of a few spots in the middle that are my more flexible spots that might shift up a little bit. Um, is that something that you did? Yeah, you know, actually, that's something that's another thing that I've been kind of plugging away at. Um, I very nearly mentioned this uh, in the things we're working on is I've been kind of working at making the change over to caster mode, uh, which is a battle okay. setting where your your spell list pops up when it's your turn as opposed to the, the attack, defend, whatnot. Um because that lets me be free of the just four spells being on the quick cast there. Um, the speed dial, if you prefer that terminology. Wait, can you explain that again? So caster mode, if you would engage caster mode, uh, when it's your turn in battle, the spell list pops up, right? Instead of you have to click spells and then your spell list pops up, just when your turn, it's the spell list. So that frees me from just having access to four spells plus Bastion uh, in dungeons. And I've been kind of trying to figure out how to standardize those. Um, and the way that the way that I've been doing it so far is my buff spells on the left. Um, my like, you know, the things that I cast once, um, my reactive stuff on the right. Uh, so this is where like wisp heal, uh, goes, uh, this is where like things that recover my ward go. Um, and then at the very, very bottom, the bottom two slots are my filler spells, which for me are repost and uh, blood pact, because uh, I use those all the time uh, as Beowulf hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And I just like those being right there, right on top of the continue button uh, for spamming. I might have to, I might have to try this out. That sounds, that sounds cool. Yeah, it, um... I'm convinced that once once I get used to it, because you can precast, right? Like you, if you press fast enough, the spell list doesn't actually pop up; it just casts the spell, right? I, I'm pretty sure that it's faster. I just I haven't gotten to my muscle memory to the point where it's actually faster yet. <laughs> yeah, understandable. I believe in you, though. You'll get there. That makes one of us. I'm kidding. I believe in me too. You're you're very believable. Um. I want to talk about temporary buff spells. Okay, I mentioned I mentioned my uh, my my temporary buff suite of um, of Bloodshift and Repost. Um, I found I found as I've been chatting with with new players, a lot of people don't aren't familiar with the Bloodshift buff uh, and what it does. Do you do you remember off the top of your head? I don't want to put you on two on the spot here, buddy. But do you remember what what blood? I certainly don't know exactly what it does. I use Bloodshift in my raid set yeah blood shift is a is a great temporary buff it comes from the realm shifter um the first thing that it does is that it does freeze like it it makes it so that you can't gain health with some exceptions there are some things that will let you gain health when with blood my rift guard leggings totally protect me right the rift guard leggings uh the celestial adornment um anyway the that that stuff will uh will still heal you up with blood packed on you but while you have blood packed on, you have not just that can't gain health, which is nice for my redlining friends. It also gives you 25% stats across the board. So 25% attack, magic, defense and resist. And then as just just a beautiful cherry on top, it gives you 20% crit chance. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I... I had certainly at a point asked what it did and nobody ever gave me actual stats. It is, it is a thing of beauty. Um, if you're, if you're a pet class that remember that buff applies to your pet. So if you want your arisen spirit garm to do a couple more crits, there's another 20% crit chance right there. Well, I mean, they're just like, even for me in raids, that means that it's, uh, it's buffing my Phoenix's damage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and the Phoenix is a hybrid pet, so, uh, it gains full benefit there. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to talk a bit more about the other uh, temporary buffs as well, uh, with the the honorable mention of blood sh- uh, bloodshift there. Um, there's also there's there's a couple of different source good sources of temporary buffs. There's repost, which I like because it's the temporary attack and the temporary defense, and it gives three turns of ward, and it it can crit, which is just 
that's a convenient package, right? Like if you don't need temporary magic, that's a nice suite of stuff, especially if you're using gunner, right? Yeah. Um, Worm's song is nice as well. It gives temporary attack and temporary magic a, a chance to do those. Both of these are a chance. Um, but Wormsong also does, uh, it gives you the, the permanent crit buff. So that's, that's kind of a nice thing as well. Um, especially if you're one of the classes that likes magic and defense. Uh, but there's two more good sources of temporary ups. Omnis, do you, do you know what they are? I mean, I will say that I, obviously there's deific channel, but I do use sharpen in my Hydra spiked shield build, where sometimes if I'm just like deep in an arisen, you know, Morgan, and uh, if I've already cast Bloodshift, sometimes I will cast Sharpen just to like, because I just, I naturally like just fill back up on Ward, and that lets my next Spike Shield hit even harder. Um, so there, that's one that I use, but is that what you had in mind, or was it something else? You know, that's a good shout. I'd completely forgotten about Sharpen and its magical counterpart, Ponder. Uh, they give they give the temporary attack and magic ups, um, but no, the ones that I had in mind were realm shift uh, and sword play uh, were the other Ooh, two that I yeah. wanted to mention. I did experiment with those. Realm shift, realm shift is really nice if you have a little bit of wiggle room in your gear. Uh, realm shift is a very nice spell. Realm shift gives you uh, it gives it has a chance to give you. Uh, all of the single temporary ups, so uh, a temporary attack, temporary magic, temporary resist, defense. Uh, but it also has a small chance to give you the uh, the doubles, right? You can get double defense up, double attack up, which is a very nice spell. Those are those buffs are kind of hard to get sometimes. The downside to Realm Shift, though, the thing that you got to play around with with that spell is that it does also have the chance to give you the the correlating downs. So you've got you probably want to be resistant to those, right? Because if you have the the double up and the double down, that's it's actually worse than not having the not having either of those. Fair, fair. That's a good shout out. Swordplay is another one that's worth mentioning, just because it gives it gives you the temporary ups and it gives the enemy the temporary downs. Um, so it's it's a nice spell. It's a good source of those temporary buffs. Yeah, I played around with it a bit. Yeah, that's that's a good one for using extra spell slots or extra extra turns and raids or what have you. Yeah, that kind of alternate attack that you might switch to, like just at a at a current point. Yeah, just kind of filler. It's a good filler spell. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it's it's solid. Was there any other spells that you wanted to get mentioned in here? You mentioned Deific Channel. Um, I think that's that's a good one too. Do you? How often do you find yourself actually using uh, Deific Channel? It's a three turn cast, but it doubles your stats. Yeah. So uh, now um, I actually prefer. So with Beohydrus, I actually use the Ashen Phoenix, which didn't quite work well enough for Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Um. And so as Gilgamesh, what I actually found was that I would, you know, kind of do the, I would run the Chimera pet or the fake Chimera pet for Berserk. Um, And then if I hit a point where I needed to just top off my ward, I would cast Aethic Channel. It actually gives me some ward turns, which is nice too. Um, And then I get to like hit really hard with a few spiked shields and it kind of, it just works into the rotation surprisingly well. Mm -hmm. If you're an, if you're in a harder fight, there are just occasionally times where if you're using Spike Shield three, which eats I think twenty five percent of your ward when you use it, I think that's correct. Okay. You're not recovering that much ward on top of that, and so and it, it can just kind of slowly go down if you're doing a hard fight. Um, and so it was it, it was a nice thing to work in. Um, also, uh, there was definitely some Ultima Strikes builds where I would work it in, especially if you're doing quick cast, where mm-hmm. suddenly like a lot of the time you're only taking two turns on it. Um, it also it can be a really nice rotation where it, like it also keeps your ward up a little bit, um, especially when uh, as opposed to so say uh, when you're doing something where you want to keep your ward up, right? If you just do Spike Shield four turns in a row right? That doesn't, or six turns in a row, you, you lose six ward turns, right? But if you spike shield, spike shield, spike shield, or say you deific channel for three turns, that gives you two turns of ward. Then you spike shield three in a row. 
even though you're probably doing roughly the same amount of damage in that worst case scenario where you only get like three turns out of deific channel, um, you actually save yourself some like loss in your ward turns. And so that's one of the things that I think also makes it um, solid for Gilga. Yeah, that's a good point because it you spend use three turns of ward to cast it and it gets two back. So you get you get some of it back. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't cause you to lose ward quite as fast. Yeah. All right, man. I uh it's this codex challenge is it's head to head. Is that where we're at on the codex challenge? We're back. We are back to even. Uh I I'm going to going to drop an interesting one on you cuz right we're I'm trying to make it difficult. I'm trying to make it really difficult for you to predict who has who has more. And so what I want to do for this one. Okay. And this is going to be a shout out to one of our listeners, Finn, who loves the Wispies. Shout out so, to Finn. Uh, so I'm going to challenge you. I haven't looked at my number yet. Who do you think has killed more Willow the Wisp? Willow the Wisp. Who? So this is an interesting one. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't think I've killed that many Willow the Wisp. Okay. Um, but I don't, I suspect you haven't either. Cause you've, uh, you know, I think that most of the will of the wisp that have been killed here would probably be either from while we were leveling up, uh, or they're in, uh, they're in, they're in the, the deep dungeons, aren't they? The will of the wisps. Uh, I believe so. They also show up in gauntlets and yeah, they're in some of the dungeons too, right? Yeah. Uh, like a mystic cave, maybe. Yeah. I, something like that. I think that's my answer. I think you've got more of these than me. Okay. Uh, so I go first, and then you you tell me who won. So I have killed eighty. You've killed eighty of them. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so I'm supposed to tell you uh, who who won. I will tell you. So my vote was that you had more than I me. had more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have. You have eighty. Yeah. I have four hundred and twenty six. Yes, Finn. You know that I am the Will o' the Wisp defender with such a small number, and and Slash now owes me a beer. Whew. I engaged in some wispy business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, man. Back to positive. Finally, there's a beer owed in my favor. It's been a while. I've been on the negative. You know, but uh, beer and pizza go so well together. So you're not wrong about that. But Slash. I feel like we should wrap up this episode. It's been a blast to hear from the community. Um, it sounds like you've been getting messages from like your kingdom and stuff too. How do you feel being a, being a podcaster now? It, you know, I will tell you, it feels so bizarre in, in my real life as a mortal uh, human being to say a fan, like it's just, it's weird to have fans. <laughs> it's, I gotta say I'm a fan of it. So. I'm sorry about that joke. <laughs> I'll show myself out now. <laughs> Which setting of the fan on you? Are you on rotate or? It, well, I mean, it only rotates, right? But uh, it's, no. <laughs> I think it's two. <laughs> number it's just two. Number you're you're, you're kind of like a medium. You don't want to, you want, you don't want to blow too much cold air up my ass. You, uh, you heard it here, folks. Slash Vito is a number two. That was a poop joke. All right. Well, um, I will just say the most OP thing that you can do in the ornation is remember that Slash says that Mimics is the best. Mimics is the best. Later, nerds. <laughs>